Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind. The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that starts now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. Kelly and I are so excited to be here. We're so excited to be in our third season with all of you. So welcome back. And we could not be more excited to welcome Cindy Bigelow to the podcast today. So for those of you that are living under a rock and have been for several decades, this is Cindy Bigelow of Bigelow Tea, which I know is a a frequent flyer in both Kelly and my household. So without further ado, Cindy, thank you so much for being here. And would you kindly introduce yourself to our listeners today? Yeah, absolutely. First, I want to thank you, Lara and Kelly, for including me in this wonderful uh, podcast and an opportunity to support all the good work that you guys are doing about getting good messaging out there. So thank you. Uh, and thank you for drinking Bigelow tea. Woohoo! Um, all right, so my, my name is Cindy Bigelow, uh, third generation of in the Bigelow family running the company, 75 years old. We are very fortunate to be the number one specialty tea company in the United States of America. We sell over 2 billion tea bags a year, 100% family owned, 100% family owned. We take no outside money. About 400 employees strong, three manufacturing facilities in the United States of America. We're very proud of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, American packaged, American blended. uh, So we we love that. Um, So, yeah, it's a beautiful little gem, a beautiful company that I I take very seriously my responsibility to to run this organization um, in an ethical way, but at the same time always driving forward. Beautiful company. I'm Mm -hmm. very blessed to do what I do. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, we love that. And and there's so many good things that we'll dig into about the organization. But I think let's let's just start off with the topic that is, you know, still it was on season two and it is in season three on everyone's mind. So 2020 has been tough. Um, Understatement of the century, possibly. But from COVID to, you know, civil rights progress and the things that are happening in the world, you know, most of the folks that that I'm talking to. So I work one on one with leaders, um, resilience and commitment have really, really been tested the past six months of this year. So I'm curious, Cindy, how have you navigated your own personal challenges? You know, how have you found resilience as a leader? And is there anything that you'd offer to our other leaders that are listening right now? Well, I couldn't support you enough. It has been a very um, challenging year, Um, you know, as a leader, and I, I know so many people recognize that it is critical that you are dealing with what's coming your way. And I think the difference with 2020 is the size of the hurdles and the amount of hurdles that are coming our way. But, you know, it's really about uh, trying to prepare for what's going to be next. And I think that's very difficult um, because so many of us were taken off of guard by the COVID um, mm-hmm. experience. So things that you thought you were doing and you needed to do maybe on a Monday 
you know, by Tuesday, it wasn't enough. And by Wednesday, it wasn't good by Wednesday afternoon while you had implemented in the morning. So it's really about staying flexible, good communication, constantly, constantly challenging yourself and your team to what else, what else, what else, and to never think that you have really achieved goal because COVID is telling us, you know, you might think you know what you need to be doing, but I'm telling you, it's never enough. You've got to be asking more and more, how do I keep three manufacturing facilities open? How do I keep uh, 400 people safe? Uh, and, and that's just a lot of work and effort. And it's just a lot of questions, a lot of challenging, and a lot of reflection. Uh, we just spent hours together as a team talking about lessons learned from COVID. And it was a 10-page document that um, you know we're going to use as our playbook moving forward because COVID's not going away. Then you have... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the very relevant issue of Black Lives Matter, which, of course, we support 100%, but, you know, that brought new variables to us. And how do we have the right conversation uh, and communicate appropriately? How do we strive to improve, you know, to try to strive to be the most anti-racist that we can be? How do we challenge ourselves to look at what we're doing and how do we do it better? How do I communicate to the employees on that subject? How do I communicate... to the consumer on that subject. So it's just been very interesting um, to make sure that as leaders, we're challenging ourselves to do the right thing and, and rest assured that we have to recognize that we're never there. It's always a journey. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's been a challenging year. There's no question about it. But at the same time, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, this is Kelly and Cindy. I mean, we won't stop here, but we could stop there because you just delivered so much valuable insight to our audience and in just understanding that it is the journey. I mean, I, I'm not going to repeat everything that you just said, but it was just phenomenal and it encapsulates so much of the mindset of a company that's doing well by doing good. And what struck me was in addition to all of this, you are still doing all of the things that you do on a regular basis, right? You are satisfying customers, you're building relationships, you know, you're doing all of this. That doesn't go away. This is kind of on top of all of that. And I love that the attitude that you bring to that. And I'm wondering for our other business leaders that are listening, you know, I, I, first of all, and I love the fact that you have the, the, the document that you're kind of like lessons learned. We love to reflect on things were there things that surprised you in some way, like pleasantly surprised you in what you're learning that, you know, because I think we tend to think of a crisis as something, you know, that is as it should be very weighty, a lot of responsibility that goes for that. But sometimes there are like these gems that come out of something, you know, it's like the, the diamond in the rough. Are there things that are happening like that at Bigelow? Oh, I'm so happy you asked me that question. And yes, there were so many things that were such positives. And the biggest one was how supportive the plants were to run during these difficult times. So the corporate headquarters here in Fairfield, Connecticut is actually attached to the plant, our Fairfield facility, right? And we also have Louisville and we have Boise, Idaho. And when I would walk near anybody um, from the manufacturing area or the blending, because all corporate blending is done here as well, I can't begin to tell you, Lara and Kelly, they were like, we got you back, Cindy, thumbs Mm -hmm. up, we got this, don't you worry about us, we can do what it takes. Because we were experiencing in some of our divisions triple 
the demand. Zero demand in some areas, triple demands in others. The changes, the, 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 the magnitude of the impact on us was unbelievable. It was like being run over by a tsunami. And I had a team of people that were just propping me up and so enthusiastic about coming in, about being safe. I mean, I had goggles on people. I had masks on people. I had shields around people. And they were like, no problem. They were learning every day. I would say, we can do better. We got to do more. They were, they were all in on all that they had to do. I just was on the manufacturing floor this morning. Everybody had their goggles on. Of course, the mask, that's a given. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got about four feet next to one of the employees, and uh, one of the managers came over and said, uh-uh-uh-uh, <laughs> six feet or more. I love said, it. you got to be kidding me, right, man? Right. So I love, I love the support that I received, and I witnessed, and I saw the passion mm-hmm. from our plants. It was absolutely inspiring. That's wonderful. And and it gave me chills just to think about that because that is so important to have. I'm so glad you're experiencing that. Yeah, it was, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. If if it doesn't teach you that what all of us do as leaders in, is greater than just making a tea bag or making a Rolex watch or, you know, selling an investment portfolio of some sort, it's about the people it's about people that work for you and understanding it's their job and what are you doing to honor what they what they do? What are you doing to thank them for what they do? What are you doing to appreciate if they didn't do it, you don't have a business? Right, right. I think that just speaks volumes, Cindy, to, to the environment that you've created, to the fact that, you know, what you've just said, it, it's human beings. At the end of the day, like, yes, you're putting tea in a bag. But human beings are doing that. And without those human beings, you know, work impacts life. And it just that example and that support that you receive throughout everything that has been happening in the world is it just says so much about, you know, how you run the company and how you run the organization. And, you know, I know that your your grandmother founded this company. And, and I think about that, you know, being a company that's over 70 years old women rarely held jobs outside the home and your grandmother founded that company. And I just think about the tradition that you're carrying forward. You know, how does her commitment and her founding principles, how does that show up today? And and how do you, you know, what have you shifted to? Yeah, obviously it was a very rare thing. Um, She actually was always a real entrepreneur. She was um, an interior designer uh, in New York city before she, that's so cool. Wow, and so she she had some pretty significant clients, and she was relatively actually that's being kind. She was very very successful, and when the depression hit, she lost absolutely everything. They had to live in a room in an inn, and um, it was an incredibly stressful time for my family's life. And she wanted to still go back in business for herself, and she wanted a, a perish a consumable but not a perishable. Didn't think the country had a good tea, and so she found an old colonial recipe with a friend of hers, Mrs. Neely. They, my grandmother, worked on it for months in her kitchen to commercialize it, and then she she launched this product. And it, it was it was absolutely nothing, ladies, when this started. It, the chance of success was zero or minus. Right. And yet she had such stick such creativity. She would hand-write letters to people that she would see in the, 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 the sections of the New York Times and send them samples of the tea. And, and so, you know, it's really is that tenacity, that tenaciousness, that, mm-hmm. that, that creativity that my father also had. 
uh, for sure. I mean, he ran the business for 50 years uh, after her, and then I took the baton from him. And it's just, it's that same never accept no. How do you get past it? How do you get past it ethically, creatively? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same drive I try to keep in the organization today. So, yeah, so much of her, so much of my father and mother, you know, I, I continue. I continue. I try to continue. How about that? <laughs> no, I, I think you are. This is Kelly. And just, you know, looking at all of the things that you do, again, you know, it, it's about bringing this delicious tea to consumers and satisfying that need. And that's where a lot of businesses stop, right? They're just customers king and we stop there. But looking at all of the things that Bigelow does in terms of your community, your sustainability, which I hope you know, we'll get to talk about a little bit more, supporting your troops, it's much broader than all of that. And I hear that level of tenacity as commitment in, in what you're doing, right? Because every company has a choice. You don't have to do those things, but you not only do it, but you've made this a commitment where it's really woven in. And we see that also, congratulations on your B Corp certification, right? We, we see that this is woven into everything that the company is doing. And I'm wondering too, as, as things have evolved, you have so many of these great initiatives. To what extent do the employees kind of like, do they weigh in on some of this? Where do you get your ideas? I guess that's what I'm asking, Cindy, you know, (laughs) where do you get your ideas? And to what extent um, does that happen within the organization? Can someone just come up to you and say, hey, I've got a great idea. I think we should be doing X. You know, how does that work? Like what you're hearing on the Doing Good Business podcast? Then you'll love working with Laura or Kelly. Visit doinggoodbusiness.com forward slash the host to learn about them and how their services can help you do good business. Yeah, I mean, I will tell you, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the work we're doing community and what we did uh, from um, a sustainability perspective. A lot of those, most of like the idea to become a B Corp and to really drive sustainability and get involved with the community. Yeah, it might start with me having sort of a vision and trying to be a role model, but then that's it, Lara and Kelly. Then it becomes an employee-based initiative, an employee-driven success program, successful program. They really do uh, take it seriously. So I try to create the sort of the pathway For them to say, I think we should, I know we can, but then I don't establish, like say, for example, on sustainability, I don't establish, I want this metric, that metric, this metric, that metric. No, I don't do that. I say, here's the greater good, and I think we should do it. And then what happens is the power of the team far exceeds my expectation. I did not think we'd get to zero waste to landfill. That was not Mm -hmm. what I stated should be an initiative. I said, let's be sustainable, let's be thoughtful, let's make sure we're doing everything we can. And with that, we have individuals that take that and drive that so that we are zero waste to landfill. You know, that we um, do compost everything possible in our cafeterias, that we are 100% renewable. These are not my initiatives. My overall initiative was to be the best company we could and to take care of the globe the best way we can. But all of the metrics, all the successful actual um, factors that we've been able to achieve, that's all the employees. So you're absolutely right. So it, it's, a, it's a combination, right? So I might say, uh, let's launch a new line that looks like this, and here's the idea, and here's sort of the mission. Here's where I think it can be. And then it is completely 100% team-based, right? They'll say, okay, we hear you. 
this is what we're thinking. We think this could be a visual. This could be the flavor profile. Here could be this. And it's very much a combination back and forth with the initial vision, the initial thought process, the initial pathway, but then the employees do all of the heavy lifting. That's wonderful. And I think, again, it speaks to your leadership to say, uh, my words, not yours, but to not be overly prescriptive, right? I love that you open right. the door because I think it opens the door then for measuring what matters, right? We And in such a data-driven society, right, that's good and needful in a lot of situations. But Laura and I are big fans of the data-supported decision, right? But I think it's the same thing on the metric side. We measure a lot of things that don't necessarily matter. And so, to be able to give your team the latitude to really let this grow and for them to feed it and nurture it, those things, what matters start to almost rise to the surface in my experience in talking with companies that are doing well by doing good, right? It just becomes obvious this is what we're going for. And I love the fact that you're not being overly prescriptive with that. And and I'm sure that's a great thing for engagement. It's something else that I know our listeners, they, you know, talk about as being a challenge. How do you engage your employees, right? So you're giving some, sharing some great advice and we thank you for that. Well, you know, it's interesting to me because you look at these entrepreneurial companies, these startup companies in San Francisco, and they're, uh, you know, they, 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 they barely have any metrics. They're just all running by the seat of their pants, but yet they can be very successful, right? right. How do you keep that entrepreneurial spirit in a, in a more established 75-year-old company that, you know, has year after year after year is looking for success? You And I'm not doing to be, you know, oh, let's be more like a San Francisco startup, but it's also recognizing that you don't have to have everything you know, down to every, you know, dot every I, cross every T. Yes, at certain times, it's very important. You know, we have budgeting for sure. You know, we have, you know, established goals that we need. But at the same time, you can have that more entrepreneurial spirit because especially in something as beautiful as community involvement or sustainability, everything is a home run. And you have to look at that as a home run. Every time you're raising money for the community, everything is a home run, right? So uh, it, it, you have to look at it that way and, and be appreciative of that way and recognize that the power of the team, I'm not just saying that because this sounds so much easy, easier to say than whatever. The reality of it really is the power of the stuff they're going to come up and think about is going to be more than yours. Yes, you might be good, but you're not going to be great unless you've got other people that are really uh, pushing the whole mission forward. Love it. I love that too. And I just think that, you know, obviously equity and diversity and inclusion are huge conversations right now. But, you know, what I hear you saying, Cindy and Mrs. Laura, is that it's diversity of thought, you know, from from when you get together and have a review of the past six months of COVID and you look at, you know, what are our lessons learned to you setting the large vision for the organization and empowering everybody else within Bigelow to say, okay, we're not only going to be sustainable, we're going to get to zero waste and we're going to do it by this date. Like it's that balance, you know, it's art and science, it's numbers and feelings and, and letting yourself be a leader that's not married to one of those two, but, but really incorporating both, you know, the personal and the numbers into the organization. Yeah. And I never said to them, we're going to be zero waste at landfill by X day. <laughs> they just, they just said, this is our mission. We're going to get there. And I said, really? We, you know, I mentioned before, we make 2 billion tea bags a year and we're going to get to zero waste at landfill. They said, oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I was like, you go. My right. favorite little story, and I know we don't have all the time in the world, but my favorite story is uh, you talk about employee initiatives and, and uh, the, the director that runs the plant here goes, I'd like to do a community garden. 
I go, what? He goes, I want to do a community garden. I go, what are you talking about? We have, like, no land. He goes, yeah, we can put it right here. We can, you know, grow tomatoes and cucumber, give it to the local food bank. I said, geez, Lord, help me. I got, you know, 10 by 10 grass, and you're going to take it for that? Well, of course he did. And we raise, we make we we grow about 400 pounds a year that we give to our local community, and we have an intern program that we run in the summer especially. And the interns are in charge of the garden; they do all the work, and you know it's just beautiful to watch the whole thing. And I'll come in to the office, and I'm looking at all the interns in the garden with their straw hats and their little baskets, and I'm like, "Where are we? Mayberry RFD right now?" But it's I say that endearingly, but it's it's just letting a team run with you know certain parameters. Certainly, you need guidelines, but Sure. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful. And, and to finish the story, I'll say, hey, what about me? Can I get a tomato? They're like, no, no, that's got to go to the food bank. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, ladies, I get one tomato a year. That's it. I'm allowed one tomato out of the garden. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is so I funny. love it. <laughs> you know, I do you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. It's all I'm telling you. I can't. It's exactly. fantastic. But I could see, you know, it's that connection to the land and and. I have to tell you, I brought up my green tea with pomegranate as I was having a cup today and I was struck and I wanted to bring it up so I wouldn't forget to mention it. But there's a picture of you on the packaging walking um, in the the tea gardens and it just really struck me. And I just thought I wanted to ask you, what was that like when you first did that? Because it's this wonderful picture of greenery and there's mountains in the background. I just need to describe it a little bit since it's a podcast. But I really was struck with that the first time I saw that. Like, what did you feel when you, when you walked through that and realized this is this is who you are? It's a family business and it's who you are personally and professionally. Well, you know, I've been embarking on visiting our gardens for over 10 years. We we bring in over 200 different botanicals and ingredients, and they're from all over the globe. Wow. Actually, the majority, almost 50% are from the United States of America, which is pr- pretty special. Awesome. And we can buy uh, in America, we always do, but some products are not available in this country. So when I visit, I also, believe it or not, I try to take with me as many people as possible, because I think what you just said is so important. What did it feel like? What what was the impact? And I want to share that, right? So recently I took our entire sales and marketing team to country of origin, and we were in the gardens of, of, of our product. Um, and it was so moving because it wasn't just me seeing the gardens and meeting, because a lot of who we buy from are family, family farmers. Right. And it wasn't just me meeting the family farmers that we've been buying for for generations. It wasn't me just being in the plants and watching them. It wasn't me just in the fields watching them harvest. It was 40 individuals that have dedicated themselves to selling and marketing the product as well. And so as beautiful as it is for me to see the gardens and meet the people that harvest, it was just as beautiful for me to see the individuals that work with me that are also selling it. So it was like full circle, a very holistic experience. Mm-hmm. So it's very special. It's it's hard to describe, you know, 75 years in the business, um, knowing, you know, how passionate we are about every one of our ingredients. You know, we have a, we have a saying here, settling is not an option. Right. And so we never settle on any single ingredient it's easier said than done, but when you put your team in the gardens and they see why and how you don't settle, yeah, it's really it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's very moving. It's very moving. It's 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 something that you just don't forget. 
Well, that's the third or fourth time now you've literally given me goosebumps. So, um, and because this is, this is what it's about, right? This is how we spend our days and then it becomes our years. As you said, people who have dedicated themselves. I love the way you phrase that. Um, it's just, this is a, I could, I could talk with you for the next few hours, actually. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you very Amazing. much. Yeah. It's very, it's well, very easy to talk about like things that you love, uh, but it's also easy to talk about the people I work with because I truly do hope that they know how much I honor and appreciate what they do every day because without them, mm-hmm. what do I have? I have nothing, right? So mm-hmm. I need to recognize their value. Mm-hmm. I think love love is the through line, Cindy. You know, I hear that from you, you know, from the love of the product to the ingredients to the efforts that the organization is making to the people that you have created in, in this company, you know, the through line is, is really love and it shows in the 2 billion tea bags that, that you guys make every year. So thank you for that love. My pantry thanks you. Kelly's pantry thanks you. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, one thing that we like to close with is, is just always letting our guests share, you know, and, and I think it's so particularly important now, you know, what are you looking forward to? What are you excited about, you know, either personally or professionally, you know, what does Bigelow have on the horizon? What, what for you, Cindy, is helping you, you know, kind of look to the future and, and have something that you are able to still get excited about? Well, it's such an interesting question. I get excited about, like, breathing, so you really can't ask me what I get <laughs> excited about. I um, think that's great. If, that's a great yeah, I think yeah. I, I think people need to say, what do you don't get excited about? Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, I don't really think like that. I don't set milestones for myself like that. I just work every day to think, what do I need to do down the road? What do I need to do today? How could I have done something better yesterday? And just keep driving and pushing. I do think I probably need to rest on my laurels a little bit at times and say, wait a minute, by the way, that was pretty good. You can relax for a second. But that's not my style. (laughs) And so it's just about continuing to do the best I can, both for those that I work with, um, for my own personal health, for my family, I'm very dedicated to them and making sure their well-being and the community. And I think if everyone thought about the greater good every day, the world would be a much better place. So I guess that's that's what I would have to how that have to answer that question. Well, I don't think there is a more perfect uh, wish for our audience to end this episode on. You know, if everybody could just think about the greater good every day, imagine what the world would look like. So. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you. As, as Kelly alluded to earlier, I think we had about, I don't know, 75 mic drop informative moments in, in the last half hour. So we are so grateful to have you with us, Cindy. And thank you for taking the time. Thank you for the, the good work that you and Bigelow and all of the people that make up the organization are doing in the world. And uh, keep doing it. We're so grateful for you. Well, thank you, guys. And thank you for drinking Bigelow tea, because if you don't do that, I can't do this. <laughs> and thank you so much. I watched a few of your videos, so I've learned some new tricks with my Bigelow tea. I'm very excited about. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yay. That's great. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. 
The Doing Good Business Podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.